What's that? So. You can't change. I already, I already told you the story. It's dumb if I tell you a second time. That's why I left you space to. Why are we arguing about who gets to talk now? Well, that was nice of you. <laughs> I was receiving, reserving a space for you, my friend. Okay, so as some of our <laughs> studio audience might know, uh, I do a cooking channel on YouTube, Rupert Cooks. <laughs> hey, hey, that'll be four dollars, sir. <laughs> um, Every and click will be another two. <laughs> for the past for the past two weeks, I've been battling the fact that my stove top went out. My oven still works. And I'm quite upset about that. So um, I, I had to get an episode out, and so I was going to do French bread. So making it in a um, using a uh, a KitchenAid mixer as opposed to hand kneading, I proceeded accordingly and started filming the video and quickly jammed my mixer, resulting in stripped <laughs> gears. I know. So charming, right? I was quite upset, and I retired to the workshop of Hughes.com. <laughs> That's another $4, sir. That's www.hughes.com. <laughs> Every H-U-S-E. click is two more dollars. <laughs> You're going to be giving us more money than Patreon here real soon. Well, he's actually giving himself some money, too. So it's like, okay, well, he only has He's paying his way towards steak dinner. (laughs) And after half an hour um, using tools such as using a center punch, which I always take as hieroglyphic mechanics talks for take a hammer and smash your hand. Yes, frequently. Unless you get one of those cool pullback bangy ones. Using a punch, take out this pen and disassemble this thing, and you have this amount of grease that is like you have beached a sperm whale and dissected it, and it is insane. And so I got my KitchenAid mixer apart, ordered the gear and everything, and I'm sitting there thinking in the middle of this, I have a a range top that doesn't work, a KitchenAid mixer Mixer that doesn't work. I was, I was I was feeling so losing, and so uh, I was just like taking a break and going through my Facebook feed, and I come across this guy um, where I, I don't know his mother died, and he, he he didn't get any big cash thing. What on Facebook or on TV or something? I was going through Facebook. Okay. I found a friend of mine. His mother died like a year and a half ago or something like that. He didn't get any big cash thing, but he got the house and all the contents. He sold it all, buys a catamaran. <laughs> boom! He's down in Guatemala. In or something. <laughs> He's down in Guatemala sailing around the, the what do you call that? The, the Mexican Gulf? Is Freedom. Gulf of Mexico. Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> the Gulf of Mexico in a catamaran, and I'm going through it, and I'm like, I've got a, a burnt-out stovetop and a busted KitchenAid. This motherfucker's down in a there. Ki- in a catamaran. In a catamaran with a 20-year younger girlfriend who's quite hot. Well, that's how you get them when they're 20 years <coughs> younger. They tend to be. They tend to be. And he's got a catamaran, though. And you I'm, know? S- I'm sitting there looking at it, and I'm like, Man, I think I'm doing something wrong, man. Like, I'm sitting here trying to do YouTube videos with a KitchenAid mixer. That's I'm, broken. I'm, like, working hard. And, like, this guy's down there with a catamaran off of his dead mother's house. Motherfucker, I'm doing something wrong. And I was, I was like, and at that moment, like, you know, Jesus spoke to me. And he was like, Rupert, 
You should take time to consider. First of all, he's in Guatemala, one of the most violent crime-ridden countries right. in the world. It makes Detroit look. The water's like, not drinkable. It makes it makes Detroit <laughs> it makes Detroit look like what you think Guatemala is. <laughs> and I was like, you know, Rupert, you should think about that. Like, you don't know his circumstances. They could actually be really bad, and you don't know. He could be. Having she could a, be a pretty twenty-year-old younger girlfriend. That's a real nutcase. Yeah, she could have a yeast infection. Well, she, you don't she, know. You know. There's a probability have, of both. It sounds like she might have like. four older brothers that are looking to kidnap him Ooh, and shit. take the money. That's scary. <laughs> She's just setting him up. Fifteen minutes later, this guy, catamaran guy, posts on Facebook. Well, it's finally happened. I've got dengue fever. <laughs> so how do you feel about your KitchenAid mixer now? Again, for those of us in our studio audience, dengue fever is also known by its colloquial name, breakbone fever. Because it feels like all of your bones are breaking. It is one of the most painful diseases ever. It has a special place in my heart because... Um, the first of my friends to die died of it. Wow. This guy, we were in high school together, and I was like, David, what are you going to do when you grow up? And he was like, I'm going into politics. I'm going to run for Congress. I'm going to win, and I'm going to be president within eight years. And I was Why like, do I hate you all of a sudden? David, I believe <laughs> you, because this guy was motivated. We were sitting there living in Manhattan going to our fancy-schmancy little school. This motherfucker was driving up to Boston or going up to Boston on Amtrak or some shit. He was working on Barney Frank's campaign, getting him elected. In high school, he's doing this. Boom. Get out of high school. He gets into Princeton pre-law. Boom! It's just the pathway. We're getting we're 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 going through college. I'm in touch with him through college, and he's like, "Hey, Rupert, yeah, I just got accepted to Yale Law." I was like, "David, like nobody has ever mapped out their life like accepted to Yale Law." God didn't go. Wow! Because he popped up and said, "I'm done with school." I'm going to Cambodia to help out with the genocide. He's there for a it's year. It's fucking Shay now. <laughs> He's there. He goes off to Cambodia. He's off in the jungle doing the genocide thing. Comes down with dengue fever. Comes back to the United States. It develops into hemorrhagic fever. He's dead within the year. Wow. On that note, can we go on? Jeez. Let's proceed. <laughs> So yeah, anyway, we are, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else listening, we are Ruined Heroes, a weekly, free, and self-produced podcast wherein the three of us can irreverently discuss a topic of societal renown. I, Tyler, study like a guy who might just be back. John. I'm convinced everybody wants to live larger than life. <laughs> and Rupert. The fact that I participate in this Dostoevskian <laughs> universe of audio insanity continually amazes me every week i am stunned hold it down <laughs> and this is gonna get worse it given is. that i have been advised by the principles other than myself on the topic that i shall hate it mm -hmm. oh, God. 
prepare for table flipping. That's where we are. We are. <laughs> we John, are. John and I almost put helmets on. Um, to, please follow or subscribe and leave good ratings or, and reviews on whatever podcast feed you get us I think through. Motley Crue. Is that chainmail shirt? Yeah, I do. Motley Crue and that one, two or three episodes ago. You, with you, would, be, you, would, you would enjoy Motley Crue at this point. All right. So, yeah, but please subscribe. This is so horrible. And, I might like and it. And leave good ratings. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> it's free for you to do that. It helps us out with algorithms and computer stuff. To interact with us, we are Ruined Heroes Pod at Gmail, as, e- as well as easily found on Facebook um, and still holding out on the site formerly known as Twitter. But, you know, if you would like to get extra content as well as contribute toward the cost of the show, you can subscribe at patreon.com slash Ruined Heroes. And get in starting at just a buck a month. There are upper tiers as well. Links are in the show notes as well as on our website, ruinedheroes.com, where you can also find older episodes. Thank you to those who do give. We appreciate it. You're awesome. Surprising thank yous to any of you who still give. It is. Surprising. It is. So. After this episode, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ready, set, Go. Geezer Butler said this. Black Sabbath? Nope. It, it, People named Terry. I think Terry. we did Black Sabbath. People named Terry? I don't we, think we we've totally, done Black Sabbath, have we? I think we, we did. Maybe we did yeah, Ozzy and touched on Ozzie. Black Sabbath. Anyhow, you have to maybe, I don't know, go to the website. Anyhow, <laughs> Geezer Butler said this. If you're a pop band, don't say you're a metal band. Poison and Warrant were about as metal as the topic. So it's a horrible hair band. It's a horrible White Snake? No, White oh. Snake's good. One of the best lead singers of all time, David or White Snake is good compared to David Coverdale. So yeah. Um nope. I Run Maiden. Uh, nope. A dude named AJ said this. Twenty years is a long time for anybody, let alone a bunch of dorks junking, jumping around on stage, singing and dancing. <laughs> See what I did there, John? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is, is this um, a, a lame metal band that was featured? Get off the metal thing. Oh. You can stick with lame. Walk far away from the metal thing. <laughs> Wait, so can Far, do- far away from the metal thing. Are we doing Grease? Nope. Um, what was the last clue? Uh, let's just go on to the next one. Do right. you really want the last one? Sounds like I'm not going to get this. So. so the same dude named AJ said this. <laughs> I don't know who AJ is. It's okay. <laughs> Did he, he sounds like he's good at car repair. Nope. The girls, no, he's not. The girls were outside this building. We thought some kind of club was going on, but apparently it was a bunch of fans waiting for us. We went upstairs to do our thing on the radio station, and we got pinned inside. They were blocking the stairway and the exits. Our security got us out, but warned us not to sign autographs. Well, dummy me decided to sign an autograph while Howie's being yanked away. Howie's yelling, and I'm not noticing, just standing there happy and signing autographs. I, you know, I don't... Tony Orlando said this. <laughs> Anyone who says the topic can't sing is crazy. They're probably just reading some highbrow critic who hates anyone the general public embraces. I'm sorry, but those boys sing their butts off. They work hard on their choreography and their harmonies. 
Their tracks are tight and solid. Their songs are musical and memorable. Boys to Men. Oh, you were so close. Oh, God. You are now in the right arena. <laughs> in fact, you can stick with Boys as, as well. Last one. Gene Simmons said this. <laughs> so it's a... It... Yeah? What's your question? Backstreet Boys? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Holding the table down. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I think my response when John said, Rupert's going to hate all of those, was, was something along the lines of, yeah, the listeners like it, though. <laughs> Why do you do topics? The question answers itself, sir. Hold on. <laughs> because topics that I hate... Do well. <laughs> and this is horrible. Yes. None of us would ever buy a Backstreet Boys album. No. And this is from somebody over here, Mr. Tyler, who has an Eddie Rabbit album. Mm -mm. The exact the, the message accusing me of that. The message. Oh, you for... love a rainy night. No, I don't. <laughs> yes, you do. You got it. I don't even it. know it. You've got it. You've got an Eddie Rabbit no, album right out there. I saw it. What's your, John's going to read called it. Denial. <laughs> I get this text from Tyler the, the other day. Which is, pick a boy band? My next text was just but one question. Do you want Rupert to flip the table? <laughs> to which I responded, had that thought, but it makes for fan love content. <laughs> No, I'm sorry to plot against you, but it works well. I think we need... Every show needs a villain. Every show, like this show, needs a little snuggly plush toy of Dear Rupert that the listeners can cuddle when they hear this kind of horse shit. I don't know how you sit down. I don't know how... What the fuck is going through your head? That you, you, you heard. Like, let's... I'm taking a cigarette. <laughs> do you, do you remember the, the comment I made before about sharks eating the, their, their siblings in the womb? All right. So, sources. Backstreetboys.com, allmusic.com, backstreetboys.fandom.com, and mrpopculture.com. And I hate Rupert. Mr. Pop Culture, by the way, looks like it was literally written by an AI. Just saying. Or a 12-year-old fan. No, it's it's like in China. It's like it. I can't be certain, but it really does look like an AI, AI written page. It's 1992 in Orlando, Florida, and Lou Pearlman, who is your hint right out of the gate, the first hint, the owner of a blimp company that is that also has a small fleet of planes. <laughs> See, that would have been interesting. That would have been interesting. <laughs> We could do a whole episode on Perlman, and we might at some point Lou, in time. Lou, Lou Perlman, Lou blimp Perlman. entrepreneur. That would be a great episode. That would be vaguely, vaguely intellectual. But instead, we're going down this path of... This is like eating the popcorn off the floor of the movie theater on the weekly cleaning. That's how bad this is. So, it's horrendous. His, his, you should be ashamed. His blimp... I'm kind of proud. His blimp company also had a small fleet of planes. Um, he ends up <laughs> he moved into the he ends up renting one of these planes to the new kids on the block and gets inspired by their by by them and their success. 
Um, he places an ad in a, in the Florida Blue Sheets, which was an early publication that catered to those wanting to get into music and acting and the arts and that kind of shit, with the intent of starting his own boy band. Yeah, that's a life fucking goal right there. Mm-hmm. I want... I, I don't... Not do I want to move up from the blimp business. <laughs> and I want to do boy bands. I mean, it's the same as trolling YouTube for Justin Bieber, okay? And from what I understand, he wasn't really a music fan kind of guy. He just, like, decided it was a good way to make money. Well, well see, I, that's You know, that's I show acceptable. up here early, <laughs> And why I do this... For... To drink... To be the dependable person. You get free cigarettes, beer, and dinner. Seriously? I show up to try and be the dependable person that I never was in my romantic relationships. And this is how we pay you. Here I am! God damn it. (coughs) A.J. McLean, Nick Carter. There's our A.J. Nick Carter, Howie Duro, Sam Licata, and Burke Parsons all responded. There was an early alternative. That was all of them. Or, there was an alternative. Well, kind of. There was an alternative that also Wait, stopped aren't in there. Are these guys somewhere. black? No, oh. they're all the whitest dudes ever. Oh, okay. Um, they're whiter than me. Uh, so you're not that white. Th- <laughs> Thanks. So there was an alternative. That's not cool. There was an alternative that stemmed from Perlman originally wanting to have seven, a seven-piece, but falling back to five. The alternate, who doesn't seem to be named anywhere, left the band, and the lineup was solidified. Now they just needed a name. <laughs> a retarded name. Perlman and his production company, or team, whatever, or perhaps the boys themselves, depending on what's telling you're listening, suggested they name the band after a flea market in Orlando that was a hangout for cool kids. Yeah, because flea markets are <laughs> where, where the all cool, cool kids, kids go. go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I go to flea markets, not the cool kids. <laughs> cool kids went to coffee shops. <clears throat> to all you uh, men's in the audience, you want yourself a hot date, go to a flea market, pick up a chick. Yes. Well, you're guaranteed to get one at least. <laughs> you can buy anything at a flea market. Exactly. <laughs> so there is some contention they on this just story. Come with fleas. You know, every now and then I'm in like a Salvation Army or a Goodwill or something like that, and I'm like checking out some chick, and I'm like, what the fuck is the matter with you, man? What is the matter with you? I don't know. I see a person that I'm attracted to in a place doing something that I enjoy doing. That's what's the matter with me there. Look, they, we already have one thing in common. We buy cheap-ass shit. He's see, talking about the one, the ones that work there. That's oh. my... That's a, <laughs> well, that's a different story. <laughs> that's my first warning sign. Like, you know, if, if she's into... She what, looks good in that smock. You know, generally, if I meet a chick who's into what I'm into, like, I, I really try and wave off. Like, <laughs> That's the last thing you need. This is you. No. So yeah. there, there is some contention on this naming story, but it's on their website. And the, there was record of a backstreet market that did exist in the early 1990s. Either way, they are officially named the Backstreet Boys after a flea market. And the band started rehearsals. The group seemed to gel relatively well and were establishing the harmonies that they would become known for. But Burke was having doubts. I used their first names on this one because it was easier, by the way. Um, but Burke was having doubts. He was the only serious Christian guy in the group. <laughs> and he was starting to wonder if God wanted him in the group. God don't want me in this group, I can tell you that. God don't want me here. Or maybe he does, just so that you can start paying for some of that penance. 
So that's uh, what this is. This is you paying penance for all the shit you've done. It, it, I have go. <laughs> <laughs> It didn't help that his mom frequently argued with Perlman, who was already showing signs um, that should have been caught sooner. We'll get into that. But Burke would leave the group. There would be another brief replacement, but it was not a fit, so that person moved on. Kevin Richardson would then fill the empty spot. Kevin was from Kentucky. But had moved to Orlando and started working at Disney World. It wouldn't take long, and Sam Licata... Would also decide that they were not going anywhere and also leave the group. This would lead to the legendary phone call from Kevin to his friend Brian Luttrell. Oh, his, that is legendary. In Backstreet Boys world, it is. Oh, yeah. And all I of our fans not... are so into <laughs> that world. Every one of them. They're just chomping at the bit Everybody to knows wait for their that. acceptance email from BSB.com fans. Yeah. Everybody knows about it. That's like, that's like McCartney calling up Paul. Well, in their world, yes. Yeah. Call up John. So, hey, you want story, a song? story your goes. And they make some songs. Story goes, the call came to Latrell's high school, and he was pulled from his history class to be asked if he wanted to join the group. Perlman would buy him a plane ticket, and he was in Florida in days. That's the story. Wait, so would that be the legendary flight? Yeah, that's also as legendary that, as a phone a call. Legendary flight. Can you imagine you're in high school history class, you get pulled out, and you go, yeah, sure, I want to be a Backstreet Boy, and you're on a plane. I know, it's fantastic. It almost <laughs> sounds made up. <laughs> Let's Don't go. they call that grooming? It's <laughs> fair. All right, proceed with this purgatory. This is utterly. It's going to be great. So we now have the the lineup solidified a second time with AJ, Nick, Howie, Kevin, and Brian. Rehearsals, and I can't tell you which ones which. Didn't fucking care. Um, <laughs> that is the first thing you said that we could all get behind. I was like, I'll read up on this story, but I don't fucking care to identify which one's which. <laughs> um, anyhow, rehearsals had been going on the whole time, and Perlman had been working on setting up shows. The management team of Donna and Johnny Wright were helping with publicity schemes. Johnny Wright had helped produce NKOTB in the 80s, so at least somebody knew what the fuck was going on and what they were doing. Nobody else had any idea. Their first live performance was at SeaWorld Orlando, May 8th, 1993, to around 3,000 people. That's... uh, I've performed at SeaWorld, um, (laughs) California. Were you... That one just... (laughs) Twice. You just left that one so... Okay, baby Jane, we're not going to, you know, revisit all your stellar performances. Um, where was it? Oh, they would set out on a tour playing small venues like malls, restaurants, and high schools. <laughs> Wildly <laughs> apropos. They haven't even gotten to the state fair yet. Nope. <laughs> nope. They're all too young to play in bars. That's why the restaurant thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is so tiny. Okay, Hardy. next it. <laughs> okay, we got a quick show. We have to uh, make Taco Bell by nine. <laughs> What, are you hungry? No, we're performing. What are you playing? <laughs> the playground at McDonald's. <laughs> Denny's. 
They're paid in fucking dinner. It's the best. This entire episode is a microaggression. It's the best, dude. <laughs> this, is so this is really just... We haven't even gotten into the dirty yet, man. Um, they were mainly doing covers as they were building up originals for the record contract they were trying to get. In 1993, they were close to a contract with Mercury Records, but legend has it that John Cougar Mellencamp threatened to leave the label if they ever signed a boy band, so the deal fell through. <laughs> because John you know, Cougar almost saved us. Because John Mellencamp has put out so much, and he's been so... Yeah, no. Yep. It was perfect... When John Mellencamp is ready to walk out and that saves your record company, that brilliant. That should say something about what you're trying to bring on. It's brilliant. I don't know. John Mellencamp's a psycho. <laughs> he writes some good songs, though. He's a psycho, man. Like, I don't know if you've noticed what he's been doing over the past week. But I haven't been watching. Guy... Is he in the news? I should. Have oh, been... he, he's actually in the news. And he's is kind of a nut. This actually might be more. He really. <laughs> let's let's. There, I got four pages. John, go. I don't know how you came up with four pages of this I had, shit. I had to rein it back. Actually, you you came up with four pages of this this shit. I had to rein it back because, like, you have a Backstreet's so, back. All right. <laughs> Google so, John Mellencamp. I am. <laughs> so in in 1994, Jeff Fenster and David Resner of Jive Records saw the band play at a high school in Cleveland and signed the group. By December of that year, the boys were on a plane to Sweden to do some recording. Avaland makes yep. sense. <laughs> so their first single, We've Got It Going On, was released. Which they didn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> Fair was released on radio in August 1995 and physically released about a month later. It did okay in the U.S., but was wildly popular in the European market. The boys and their production team decided Everybody to... Everybody knows. <laughs> We're big in Europe. Japan is a dish fan. <laughs> the boys and their production team decided to focus on the European market, and when the album Backstreet Boys was sent to market in 1995, it was exclusive to Europe and the surrounding... Good! And, and That's the one thing NATO ever did for us. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Quarantine. <laughs> Thank you, France. <laughs> if you could have kept Plastic Bertrand behind the wall, that would have been good, too. But, you know, good on you for that. That's cool. And so... Um, Bringing more than croissants to the table, baby. France. <laughs> it, it did extremely France well. cooking, not music. Chart, charting at number one on not a... 20th century music. At, at number one on a number of countries' pop charts. They would send the album to Canada, where it also saw success. But the U.S. just didn't seem into it yet. She wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> they went back to the studio. Again, focusing on the global market, not the U.S., they assembled Backstreet's Back while doing so, <laughs> releasing a new single, Stop Playing Games, parentheses with my heart, uh, in the U.S. to test the waters again. This time it took. The song made it to number four on the pop charts. Maybe it would work back home again. We, re we refer to this as the dark ages. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, things get a little dim right now. Oh, my God, it does. You know, every now and then you got your Olivia Newton-Johns, you know, this stuff happens. <laughs> 
you do know that I play Backstreet Boys at the very end of the night to drive customers out of the club. Oh, that works. <laughs> I do. That works. In sync and Backstreet Boys, one right after the other, it turns into a fucking ghost town. Out of here. Oh, well, that's cheaper than putting roach spray in the fog machine, I suppose. <laughs> so in 19... 19- options. <laughs> I got oh, options now. Was that a revelation? Yeah, there you go. In in 1998, the group would headline a tornado relief concert in Florida and would subsequently receive keys to the city, whatever the fuck that is, from the Orlando mayor. He would also declare that October 7th would be Backstreet Boys Day in Orlando. Okay, we're never going to Orlando. The more I hear about Florida, the less I ever want to be there. Right. Ever. <laughs> you know, if I'm living in Orlando and the mayor declares a day Backstreet Boys days, that's... Assassination might happen. I think it's actually worse <laughs> than your stovetop and mixer being broken at, at the, the same, same time. time. It's, I, th- I think it's actually worse than that. It's worse than a bone-crushing disease. Yeah, it is. <laughs> like, I, I would take all three of those rather than that routine. And can I be going through a divorce at the same time? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, so that's not fair. I'm, I'm really <laughs> practiced the divorce. I know it well. I can get through it. Like it's you know it's a, it's a small bump in the road. That one's an easy one to walk. Yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah. Okay, I don't even need a, I don't even therapy for that anymore. Yeah, no, no, no. I've, I've, I've got I've got practice at it. I'm good at it. Just pull out my notes from the last time. We'll be good. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You know, Backstreet Boys Day. However, I don't know. I'm going to recover. Give me all the therapy. <laughs> my therapists are going to need therapists by the time I'm done. So 1988. I think I'm really good to get divorced from. I'm I'm really good. I'm really good at it. It's just like, look, this is par for the course. It's like paying a parking ticket for me. It's like, okay, look, I'm on the hook. Here you go. I know how to do this. Here you go. Let's not get personalities involved in this. Still have my lawyer's number in my phone. (laughs) Speed dial one. God damn. Hey, uh, money, 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 and money. We're going through shit again. Rupert, okay. How difficult is it going to be this time? I made a big mistake. My last divorce lawyer was so hot. She was really cute. (laughs) And really nice. And really efficient. And I I loved everything about her. Fucking amazing. My custody lawyer was the same way. That was probably the cheapest date you've ever been on. (laughs) I don't know. She was like the nicest person And you got fucked, too. (laughs) Just not the way you wanted. So, 1998 saw the band go through another struggle. Brian Luttrell had a congenital heart defect, and his heart had enlarged to a dangerous level. He needed surgery, and the group had to reschedule some dates, as they just weren't um, getting on top of the, or uh, just as they were getting on top of the pop market. But this is not the worst thing that happened. They never give that comparative on the heart enlarged thing. No, they don't. They never say but, it's hard and large to the size of a cantaloupe. This this said like doubled in size. There was one writing or two that yeah, but that's mentioned like a doubled very, in size. You know, that's a very sketchy metric there. You know, it's like if the heart is the size of the pinky finger. Heart is enlarged to the size of a cantaloupe gives you some perspective there. But they never really <laughs> say that. But like yet if you have a tumor Your heart's this big. Yet if you have a tumor removed, <laughs> they always have a comparative, like a tumor the size of a watermelon. You know? They always say that. Yeah, I, there's a growth on your penis that's the size of a golf ball, okay? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, John. You've got a third <laughs> testicle. <laughs> you know. All right. So it's really bad when you see those penises with like 
that kind of thing going on. Actually, it's worse when we're, you, we're going forward. When, when you I think you finally tell found the difference something. between a picture of the elephant man and your penis. That's a problem. I think you succeeded. You found something worse than the Backstreet Boys. Let's go back to worse the Backstreet Boys. Worse when you Boys. see a vagina <laughs> with a, 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 a going forward. Vagina. Actually, if you ever use growth. Also, in 1998, they would pursue legal actions against Perlman, mainly because the group had only seen about three hundred thousand dollars divided amongst the six or divided six ways. Now, remember, they're a five piece. Well, why? Because Perlman's getting... <laughs> what? Perlman had deemed himself part of the band and had been paying himself as producer, manager, and a member of the band. <laughs> oh, giddy up. I love that. I love that. I You're going to like where this goes. See, if you're ripping off a boy band, I'm not sure that's stealing. You just found the silver lining. I'm not sure that's stealing. He's now... Well, he's doing all of this while filtering <laughs> funds into his other companies, like the Blimp Company, um, some of which were still focused on airships. Although the case would be settled in favor of the boys, Perlman somehow would go on as their manager. <laughs> but they the rest of them on? But the rest of the management team was sacked. <laughs> like the ones that knew what was going on because their NKOTB experience? Sacked. They keep him on? Uh-huh. Is this guy related to Joe Biden in some way? Because this is this is this is scamming like crazy. Oh, you, you don't wait. even know. Oh, uh, this, this is straight up Bidenomics. You're, you're just gonna love. You just figured out how to take this taint. Okay, you're gonna love where this goes, my friend. So, having settled all the muck, the group returned to the studio, and in the end of 1998, and in the summer of 1999. They released their next album, Millennium. It was an instant hit with tracks like I Want It That Way and Show Me the Meaning of Being Lonely, songs you still hear frequently today, even if you try not to. The family or the album went on to shatter record sales records, uh, including most copies sold in the first week. The album would sell ultimately over 40 million copies globally. During this time, Pearlman... <laughs> <laughs> Your hero. He is the gift that just keeps giving. <laughs> who, He's the only good part of this story. Pearlman, who could get his own episode and may at some point, was forming his second boy band, In Sync. That's your second hit this week. Well, they're In Sync. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this band would also rise to fame and fortune, at least for Pearlman, who went on to form a number of other boy bands. Some of them you'd know the names of, I recognize, but I didn't write any of them down. Um,. He had become known as the boy band Mogul, and for good reason. He was making a ton of money off of these kids, but suspicions were rising about his other companies. Well, because he's the Phil Spector of the, no, this is actually shitty music world. <laughs> That's actually not a bad comparison. That's what he's he like is. A total ripoff artist jackoff. That's what he is. You know, when you find a winning formula, you kind of stick with it. Mm -hmm. The group would, would release Black and Blue in 2000 and follow it up with their with a tour to support the album. Although it all went well and sales were good, the boys needed a break. Brian became a father. Kevin took a spin on Broadway. Nick released a solo album. And Howie started the Duro Lupus Foundation in honor of his sister who he lost to the What's disease. What's a spin on Broadway mean? He did like two plays on Broadway. Like what? Not notable Didn't enough to have been it. written down in any of the sources I saw. But actually on Broadway? Yes. Uh, that's, I don't know. That's something. I mean, apparently, he, I think he was one. Of, there were two of them that had theater experience before they got in the band. 
in high school. He was one of them. Well, they were they were reading the how to the you know that what the blue paper thing how to get into the arts anyhow. That's how they got ended up here. And so he just went back to his roots. I guess. Okay, I don't care anymore. Let's go. Get back to Pearlman. AJ, remember our buddy AJ? He would go through some different changes when he went to rehab for alcohol addiction, perhaps other drugs as well, and seek help for depression. This, as one would expect, caused a rift in the band, and there were some rumors of a breakup that were squelched when AJ would appear on Oprah to discuss his struggle. And the other members would show up on the show in one of those, like, and you get a car ways. <laughs> that all the other band members show up to support him, and, uh, and they settled their differences and got back into the studio in 2004. Yeah, because there's nothing like Oprah that brings out, you know, just everybody's happy, fun feelings. Right. <laughs> Mad love amongst an angst-ridden band or group. I tried not to use the word band <laughs> in the whole write-up. If I did, it was an accident. <laughs> Anyhow, they would record and release Never Gone and follow it with a tour. The album featured real instruments exclusively. None of that, like, just... Wow. Soundtrack bullshit. I don't think they were playing them. I think other people were. Uh, <laughs> no shit. <laughs> and fans thought it was too much of a, a departure. So think like <laughs> di- think Dylan going acoustic or whatever, right? Uh, or yeah, let's go ahead and not like a band that actually plays instruments. Right. Oh, <laughs> That's their fan base, man. It's not on us. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> By the end of the tour, Kevin would announce he would be leaving the group, and the decision was made to go on as a quartet rather than replace him. The first album they would release after Kevin's departure started recording just days after he left and would be released as Unbreakable in 2007, which I think is very funny because clearly one member broke away. You're not not great playing. That wasn't the divorce lawyer on that one. Uh, <laughs> Um, spoiler alert, he comes back eventually. Yeah. It's 2006, and Rupert's hero, Perlman. <laughs> <laughs> no, Rupert's back. Okay. Bring it on, baby! Became the focus of more investigations, and it was discovered that he had been running one of the longest-lived Ponzi schemes of all time, <laughs> defrauding investors of over $1 billion. <laughs> Excellent! Biden, Biden, Biden. I, I love this guy. Over the last 20 years. That's real talent, unlike this musical group. Real talent? You get a Ponzi scheme for a billion dollars? That's a fucking skill, man. Over Don't the, tell me any different. Over the last 20 years, Perlman had gotten investors to put money into his transcontinental airlines, Transcon Records, and their parent company, Transcontinental International, Inc. Okay, listen, Pearlman, I don't care if you're in prison. I don't care the fact that you're trans. I love you. You're amazing. He's not in prison. I love you. You're amazing. He was. Yeah. <laughs> All the businesses existed on paper exclusively <laughs> and, and would loan money to one another as needed. <laughs> As they are wont to do. Up, up until his boy bands had started making money. <laughs> That's where the money got funneled in from. Man, I love this guy. 
I didn't think you could take an episode that I hated so much and, <laughs> and turn it into idol worship. I, I knew I knew enough this about when John threw out back with Street Boys. I knew enough about this story. I was like, oh, this is, this is actually going to work. This is beautiful, man. I love it. In, in February 2007, Florida would find Perlman had been running the Transcontinental Savings Program. <laughs> And can it, it get better? And then yes, it, it can. And that it was clearly a fraud. The court would order him to return the, to the U.S. any money he had moved into offshore accounts. <laughs> oh, poop. Instead of doing that, he would go on the run. <laughs> In a Ford Bronco? Nope. <laughs> Globally. Um, being spotted, the plane, the plane. Being <laughs> spotted in many locations around the globe, he would eventually be caught in Bali and extradited back to yep. the U.S. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. You're welcome. Didn't he actually hire a bunch of lookalikes? And there's that. There's a theory that he did. Yeah, he hired a bunch of lookalikes, and they fly want, all over the world. I want that much money that I have lookalikes. Well, you've got a Ponzi and, scheme that did a billion dollars. Right. You could come up with a couple of people that, that like, is, hey, you know what? I want to jet you all over the world and pay your expenses, and all you got to do is get caught on camera every once in a while. So yeah, there there is a theory that, that like when he was spotted Beautiful. in Germany, it was look like and those kind of things. This man's my idol. <laughs> I want to be him. No, no, yeah. you don't. Not, not right now. You it don't. Doesn't end well. Thai, <laughs> Thai prison in Thailand. So Laos. <laughs> he's caught in Bali. Oh no! And he's extradited back to the U.S. <laughs> oh, that's good. Where he would be found guilty of conspiracy, money laundering, and filing false bankruptcy. Oh, those are <laughs> fake crimes. Those those aren't real crimes. Those are victimless. Metric crimes. Those, those are <laughs> metric crimes. Those are not. Those aren't. You know, what are you going to do with that? Like, that's not a real crime. <laughs> well, what they did. Nobody even knows what they. You know, if you have a crime where nobody knows where it is, it's not a crime. Five days before his sen- sentencing, he would request a phone and internet connection so he could continue to promote his boy bands. <laughs> the balls on this guy. Can he get any better? Did he I get love them? him. The court would deny this motion, and he would, be eventually, he would eventually be sentenced to 25 years in prison for the growing list of charges. <laughs> so... He's finally out of the game. <laughs> Sounds like he money laundered the wrong people <laughs> rather than he money laundered. That's what it sounds like to me. He did eventually get sued by almost every one of the boy bands. That's not a crime. And they all won. Not a crime. Great. <laughs> not a crime. You, you, if you can't find the money, you can't have the money. <laughs> there was that problem. <laughs> That's that's a legal principle. That's Blackstone's law, right there. I mean, that's that's in the Supreme Court. You there know. you go. I mean, there you go. You know, possessions nine tenths. Book of Luke. <laughs> I just say things. Book of Biden. <laughs> you know. That's part of the apocrypha. Jesus. Yeah, they didn't publish the Book of Joe. Uh, so while in prison, Perlman would suffer a stroke. And and uh, an infected heart valve. He would get corrective he surgery. Yeah, I'm, I'm, they they corrected it by putting one in. Maybe I don't know. They gave him a heart. Oh, it's a victimless crime. Come on. <laughs> he would he would get corrective corrective surgery, 
but would ultimately die in prison penniless in 2016. What does he need to spend his money on? He got he got heart surgery and he got three hots and a cot. Right. And he got sex anytime he wanted it. He was already <laughs> well, into the back streets. <laughs> limited sympathy because dying in prison, unlike myself, somebody knows. So Yeah. Until yeah. you don't show up for recording day. <laughs> if if I die, it it could be a solid two weeks before anybody figures it out. Nah. Which is like It'd be a uh, Wednesday, and you wouldn't uh, be here at three thirty, and then John would show up at four, and we'd be like, "What the fuck?" And we'd text, and you wouldn't respond, and one of us. And then you'd sit down house. and listen to some boys to men or something. <laughs> That's what you would do. You wouldn't come out and investigate. Well, I'd have a starving kitty and a big blotchy no, stain on the floor. No, your kitty would have eaten your eyeballs by then. <laughs> yeah, I know. It'd be like sad, which is the way I would prefer it. I, you know, hearkening back to the Dostoevsky reference. I, I kind of want to go that way. So, along the way, Nick would come <laughs> under scrutiny due to allegations from his ex, Paris Hilton. That, had, <laughs> that he had wow, sympathy abounds there. Wow. That he had been abusive. There were clear markings on her that indicated that there was some you know, truth to this. But other than the news, not much came of it. What did happen is that he, too, would enter rehab for alcohol and drug addiction. Addiction. He would also be diagnosed with cardiomyopathy and need a heart transplant, as well as getting caught up with some rape allegations that couldn't be prosecuted, prosecuted due to the statute <laughs> of limitations. Okay, there are, there are now three heart surgeries associated with this group of people. Yes. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> if I needed Not a yet. heart surgery right now, I would have to sell my cat and my speakers and everything. If you needed a heart surgery, there's no way in hell you'd be like, I'm going to die listening to music. Yeah, Pretty much. I would just call <laughs> it right good me. and just be uh, like, yeah. yep, there you go. Cool, yeah. I don't have to spend three bucks on a bullet. Right? Yes, this guy in jail and in a divorce proceeding with, like, uh, I don't know, Paris Hilton or something. Like, somehow, heart transplant. Like, I don't know how these people figure well, Nick, this Nick's shit not in jail. Out. Nick's one of the... One of the I don't care. Members. No, he was in rehab. Like, bullshit. Yes, he was in rehab. I'm in rehab. I got no job. <laughs> oh, look at me. I'm so... Paris Hilton told the world I'm a fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. When, when people look at Paris Hilton and say, oh, that poor girl. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm sitting there bust, point. busting my knuckles with a sprocket wrench. And if my, my, I have a heart attack and need a heart transplant, little Roop dies on the floor. Fucktards. Yeah, you're fixing a KitchenAid mixer. <laughs> I'm doing mid, actual... Mid-cooking video. He just collapses. I'm right? actually doing, like, actually manly man work to to surpass my vocal homosexuality. <laughs> and and, and then these, these jack-offs get a heart transplant lickety-split. Yep. I think there's something wrong with this world with that. <laughs> you, don't you normally have to wait on a line for this shit? Not yes. if you're in a shitty band, apparently. <laughs> and have a bunch your money you You can buy yourself to the front of any line we all know this (laughs) i just i've got this i think your use of the word you is very inapropos there because like (laughs) you can't not these people apparently can (laughs) i'm sitting here in jail with all this stuff going on i got a heart trend 
fucked. In today's news, I'm, I'm, a seven-year-old girl dies <laughs> while waiting for a <laughs> heart transplant. Also in the news, Nick Carter gets himself a heart <laughs> transplant. Oddly, same blood type. I, I, what? Who knows? It's like these guys just go down to shucks and buy the part, and boom, they're out in five minutes. <laughs> kind of what happens. You, uh, just, you know, you just call up Thailand. <laughs> Meanwhile, hey, the rest so that's heart. what he was doing in Bali. <laughs> Maybe. I hate this person. I hate this topic. So it's almost over. Don't worry. Since then, they have released a couple more albums, had a residency in Vegas, and continued to tour. As of 2022, they were still working together, including Kevin, who had come back to the band, band like, I want to say 2012, somewhere in there. Yeah, I gotta get some money somehow. Yeah, and and that's kind of, that's, that's I figured that was enough. <laughs> there's, there's a black mark on the history of humanity, the fact that they're still together. They are still together and still performing, near as I can tell right now. Well, they tell us that we've eliminated polio, and I begin to question that. <laughs> this is horrible. Did we really land on the moon? <laughs> I don't think so. The fact that this band Israel is... just got to the fucking moon. <laughs> the fact that this is That's a little difficult together. for me to believe, but it worked, I guess. Israel, the, the country with the most Nobel Prizes... Just again. got to the moon. Guess again. They sell all their science to everybody else, but... Guess again, Goy. <laughs> Go. Jesus Christ. You you knew this was going to be rancorous. I John read the text message verbatim. <laughs> so accept it. You got your bulletproof so. vest on. Take the round. <sighs> I give two fucks about the Backstreet Boys, although it's a pretty fun story in that there's, you know, tragedy that I can laugh at, which is unfair to them because it is tragedy in their world, but it's funny to me, and that's just the way of it, and um, that's all I got, because I still can't tell you who's who. <laughs> yeah, I really try to let people like things. <laughs> this is just one of those ones that always, like, oh my god, how can this even... And thankfully, there's no radio station that I listen to that would ever play that, so I am... The only time I ever hear Backstreet Boys is when I play it at work to annoy people. <laughs> and that's all I got to say about that. This entire episode was akin to the scrapings from a pap smear. I have nothing to say about it. It's horrible. But Perlman. This sounds like something the friends do. Well, I thought we were friends. I'm extremely uncomfortable with that. I know. Do you Thank you.